But when did Jesus see, when did the women see Jesus, and who are these women? It was Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the mother of John, but I don't think it was Mary Magdalene. And there was other women there. Now, what were they, what were they, where were they running from? They hurrying back from? From the tomb, okay. So where did they first see Jesus, according to Matthew? This is the group of women that's returning from the tomb, huh? Now they were somewhere between the tomb and Jerusalem. Don't know where. Wasn't far because they weren't very far apart. So in Mark, a little bit different. That's all Matthew talks about. In Mark, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary, first to Mary Magdalene. So first to Mary Magdalene is what Mark says, which was at the tomb. And then he appeared to the women when they were running back after leaving the tomb. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. So you get a snippet here out of Mark, but it's really condensed. So who was the first one to see Jesus? Magdalene at the tomb. The women came somewhere different. Someone, maybe, you know, does time exist for Jesus? I don't know. He's, he's here in our, our, our particular uh, framework, but um, he then met the women on the way, and he gave them a message. He said, don't be afraid. So who did Mary Magdalene tell? Possibly Peter and John? It's, it, Mark says it was to those who were mourning and weeping. So it would have been the disciples. Would have been probably the 11. But we don't know. It doesn't say. It's not specific. Mark was, like I said, these are snippets. But if we go to John, we get a lot more. Then, and I'm, I'm backing up a little bit so we get perspective. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb, him being John. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, which was John, who reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were saying. So, so why do you think they didn't understand? Holy Spirit. weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. For three years, he's trying to get, trying to get what through their heads. And they, he failed. They didn't listen. They didn't listen. They didn't understand why. What was in their head that caused them where they couldn't get it? Ages and generations of an earthly king. Yeah, I think it was the earthly kingdom, the earthly king. Establishing the Jewish state as a preeminent state that was just so stuck in their minds they couldn't wrap their heads around what he was trying to teach them. All they had seen, if you try and put yourself in their shoes, they're trying to grasp a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. 
It's been yeah. three years, but it was a lot of stuff. But, it, but and it's not just learn something recant. Right. It's learn, understand, grow. You know. And they had a lot of growing to do because they had that cultural philosophy, and then they had whatever teachings they got from the Pharisees and the chief priests that had that same thing. It was just totally reinforced throughout their society as far as what was going to happen. You know, how that, how that last promise that was given to Abraham was going to be, was going to be, uh, come to be. That's another one. What did they do after they saw the, what was in the tomb? This one back. John made sure everyone knows in the book of John that he outran Peter. Yeah, he outran Peter when he got there. That, they, they ran to get there, but when they looked in the tomb, he was gone. The linen was sitting there. They went, uh, I don't know. They're still looking for an earthly body. Yeah, they're saying, I don't know what's going on. You know, he's gone. But that was all they knew. Now, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. So that's why I went to that story, because John leads into this one. As she wept, she bent over and looked to look in the tomb. So she's there. I don't think she ever left, necessarily. So she's there at the tomb. Peter and John have left and gone back. And saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. So this is an expanded version of what's there, and you get a better idea of kind of the timeline of what's going on. Which Mary is this? Mary Magdalene. This is Mary Magdalene. So who did Mary first see and talk to? The angels, yeah. What did she believe has happened to Jesus? Yeah, somebody took him. Somebody grabbed this body and took off with it. Yep. That's, he's dead. That's what she believed. He's dead. Somebody took his corpse. I want to know where it is. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. So, I don't even know Mary's looking up or anything. So, why did Jesus and the angels ask Mary why she was crying? Huh? Well, what was, what was Jesus' perspective and the angels' perspective at this point? Huh? Yeah, but what, what was, what would, what did he achieve? He'd risen. He'd conquered death. From their perspective, it was the time for what? Joy. So he says, why are you crying? I won. <laughs> you know, the angel same thing. Why are you crying, woman? Don't you understand what happened today? And she didn't. She didn't. So what, what state or condition was Mary ex expecting to find Jesus? A decomposing corpse. That's what she was expecting. Mm -hmm. That's what she was looking for. 
Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told him what he had said these things. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So how did he recognize, how did she recognize him? It was voice, how he referred to her. So she may not have even been looking up. Don't know. We don't know. This to me is almost like uh, similar to a Peter moment when Peter denied Christ the third time and they locked eyes. Yeah. This is her standing there talking and when he says Mary, the way he had always said it, yeah. it had to be one of those moments like, oh my, it's him. And you're going to have that same moment here with the two men. But yeah, I, I, there was something about either the way he said it or he, that when he said it, he revealed who he was. We don't know. But at that particular point, she knew who he was. So what information did Jesus give to Mary that seemed to be more than he gave to the woman? He hadn't ascended yet. He hadn't ascended yet, yeah. So she knew, she knew more about what, what was going on that particular day. So sometime that day, that first day of the week, he ascended. Don't know when. After he ascended, he was back. But somewhere in that day. But he gave a little bit more information than he gave women. It's the guards. Don't talk about the guards that put there in place. So while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city. So we kind of have a little bit of backup on Matthew again. He's talking more, he talked more about the guards than he talked about what went on in the tomb. So, but went into the city, reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised the chief priests had met with the elders and devised the plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them. You are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while they were asleep. As the report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. So remember, Matthew was writing also to the Jewish mind. So it kind of makes sense. Matthew, and you know, he... he really told the whole story behind the guards. It's really only in Matthew. So, how prob probable is the chief priest could make good on that promise? Whose guards are these? They're Roman guards. So their promise here is, if this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they said, if it gets to the governor. They just told him to spread the story around to everybody. They paid him money to do it. You think it's going to get to the governor? Yeah, yeah probably is. So what's the only, only interest of the, the chief priests? 
get this story out there that he was, his body was stolen. He didn't rise. His body's been stolen. It was the disciples that did it. Okay, something further to say, no, he's not the Messiah. No, you can't believe in him. You've got you to gotta put all this aside because they stole his body. And he's got the room. Yeah. Back in Matthew 23, what did he tell those same chief priests and, and, and uh, that they were filling up the guilt of killing the prophets and, and, the, and Christ? That they wanted to cover up the crime and the Romans really didn't want to kill Jesus. It was the Jews that yeah. were after his head and yeah. they were screaming and yelling, you know. And, and so... I, th I think in this passage you've shown the chief priest, hey, we've got to quiet this down because if what he said was true, then we are the vipers that he was talking about back there. Absolutely. And, and of course, in the back of their minds, that would be reading, it says, destroy this temple in three days, I'll re rebuild it. It might be clicking now to say, uh-oh, that's what he was talking about. We've got to crush this idea that he's still the Messiah. Well, I, I just, you know, that obviously they didn't carry that all the way through in the thinking because yeah. they still chased the apostles and, and oh, yeah. you know, they, they, they never gave up on that they, until that temple was destroyed. Yeah, it's 70 AD. And then that, yeah, that all stopped. I don't want to get off of it. Yeah. So, how do they get the bind of the bronze? I gave him a bunch of money. He gave him a bunch of money. Okay? Do you think they were going to, A, go in there and advocate on the part of a Roman to a Roman? Do you ever think they intended to do that? These guys were greedy, selfish, arrogant. Why would they do that? They paid money. They got the story out there. That's what they wanted. They didn't care about these guys. And going back, just, just to kind of go back into it, this is out of Matthew. And the next day, the one after the day of preparation, you can read all the way through that, but down to verse 65. Take a guard. So they went in there and said, we got to put a guard on there. And Pilate said, take a guard. Pilate answered, go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they, made, so they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. So, whose guard was that? It was out of pilots. They had their own guards. They could have gone ahead and posted their own guards, right? The fact that they had to go to Pilate to get a guard meant it had to be one of Pilate's Roman soldiers as the guard. So it's a Roman soldier that Pilate had said, take him as a guard. What's the penalty for not doing your job as a guard? Yeah, it usually, it usually was death. So, no, yeah, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You may not have to worry about this evening. So what was ridiculous about the story of stealing the body? It's a Roman guard. How adept are Roman guards at fighting? 
How well armed are Roman guards? How ridiculous is this story? It's absurd. Okay, Jesus appears to the two men. This is one out of John, out of Mark. I'm sorry, Mark. And I think Matthew, but Luke goes into it in a lot of detail. So Mark. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them who were walking in the country. They returned and reported the rest, but they did not believe in them either. This is about the two men. This is the whole account of it in Mark. <laughs> so it's a real snippet. Okay. Remember Mark was writing to the Roman mind and he wrote to power. So you can kind of understand why Mark's kind of, kind of brief. So how much insight do we get from Mark? Hardly any. Yeah. Hardly any. Luke. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. What other situation do we have where they were kept from recognizing Jesus. I mean, we've got a bunch, but one of the first situations he had. When he was back up in Galilee, went home, they tried to throw him off a cliff, and he walked through the crowd, and they didn't know who he was. So this, this happened before. So who are these two men part of? It says, two of them... Two of what? The first verse, verse 13. These are two of the disciples. Not the eleven, but these are two of the disciples. These were two of the ones that had stayed with them through thick and thin, evidently. We don't know who they are. We have the name of one, but uh, we don't have the name of the other one. So how long of a walk would it most likely have been from Jerusalem, Jerusalem to Emmaus? It's seven miles. How long does it take to go seven miles if you're walking? Probably you're not going to be walking fast. Huh? 30 minute mile, probably. It might be a 30 minute mile. Yeah, about two miles an hour. So you're going to be, you're going to be about three and a half hours, right? It's a long walk. Eight miles in four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half, four hours. You know, if you're slogging through sand and stuff like that. Although the Roman Empire was known for Aqueducts and roads. <laughs> so the road's going to be probably pretty good. You know, it's not like walking through sand. Can you imagine walking through sand for seven miles? And my calves would be killing me. So it's, it's, it's not a bad walk on the road, but it's still a pretty good long walk. Who or what were these two men discussing? What happened? Yeah, crucifixion. All that went on, all that the chief priests did, and everything like that. These were disciples. These were men who believed in Jesus. And they're talking about all these things that these dirty, rotten chief priests and scribes and Pharisees had done. So how did they become witnesses? Jesus picked them. So why didn't they know he was? It was, yeah, didn't want him to. At that point, he didn't want him to. He wanted to hear what they were saying. 
men, these were two men he knew. And he knew well. He asked them, Jesus, what are you discussing together as you walk? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting who does not know the things that have happened there in, the last, in these days? What things, he asked. So he's having a little fun with them. What's the mood of the two men? Huh? They're sad, yeah. Their faces are downcast, okay? They've lost their teacher, the man that they believed in, the hopes that they had in him. So, how did he enliven the conversation? It's kind of like this. So, what's going on? <laughs> they went, are you kidding me? You don't know what's going on? You, you're coming from Jerusalem. You don't know what happened? About Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in the world, indeed before God and all the people. The chief priests... And our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what more is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning. They didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. So here Luke's telling the story of kind of what these two men are telling to Jesus as far as what was accounted. So they were in Jerusalem when the women came back. They've left after that time to go to Emmaus. Don't know why, but they've left town. So, Why did they leave out the account of what happened that they were sharing with Jesus? What did they leave out of the account? The women maybe didn't leave it out, but the men left. What, what did the women that went back from the tomb, what did he tell them? Found out that he had risen. He had risen. They talked to him. They held him. Matter of fact, he had to kind of say, let go, I got to go. Same thing with Mary Magdalene. And it kind of left out that it says, they talked to Jesus. It's not in here. They count from these two men. So you kind of see how something that gets passed from person to person, sometimes it gets a little bit diluted. So that was what I was talking about. Now I'll go back to that one. Why might they not have put that in there? Why might the men have not said anything? Too, that's too much for us to swallow. We, you know, we're not even going to share that piece of it because, well, first of all, there were these women. They're just all, you know, we're, we're, women don't know, you know. So they didn't want to share that part of it. That might have been a reason too. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what he had said in all the scriptures concerning himself. 
So how did Jesus react to the account? You're a bunch of knuckleheads. <laughs> okay? What's wrong with you? And again, they left out of the account the fact that he was there and he was alive. It's kind of like, oh, come on. This is the most, this is it. You're leaving it out. <laughs> you're leaving the big part out. Yeah, you're leaving it out. So how long do you think it took Jesus to explain what they had? <laughs> they got three and a half hours to four hours of it, didn't they? He's going through all of that. You know, it took Doug and I, what did it take us? to go through a year to go through all the Old Testament uh, scripture that talked about Jesus and, and everything. So and we had an hour. <laughs> so, so it took us 52 hours to go through it. And he goes through it in four hours. But he goes through, hey, this is what's out of Isaiah. This is what's out of Zechariah. This is what out of Psalms. This is what out of Proverbs. This is what out of Malachi. All those things where he says, don't you? This is what this meant. Oh, by the way, I've been talking to you about this for the last three years. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and, gave, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. What's maybe one of the reasons they wanted Jesus? Some of the reasons they wanted him to stay instead of continuing on. What was going on? More of the story. That that was part of it. Part of it may have been it says you don't travel at night. There's bandits. Okay, so it may have been compassion for the man, but certainly more of the story. What's going on? They were hungry for that that story. That message. What opened their eyes? The way he did the way he did the prayer and the breaking the bread, it just, it clicked. Now that may have been at the point where also Jesus really revealed it allowed them to understand who he was. Because he didn't up, at the, up until this point. So what did Jesus do? He just disappeared. Can you imagine sitting there? You're talking to the guy. You've been talking to him for four hours. You're sitting at the table. You're looking at him and he just disappears. I'd have passed out. Similar experience when he saw people and right in the middle of, hey, we ought to build a tabernacle for these, you know, for everybody to get three temples going. Uh, and then right in the middle of that, he, uh, they disappeared. Remember, uh, he's, he's talking to Jesus and then Moses and... Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The family yeah. would have been like... Not, not a transformation. Or Moses, was it Moses and Abraham, wasn't it? Yeah, Moses and Abraham. And uh, well, the cloud came down. And it went away, and Jesus was the only one. He says, this is my son, whom I will please. So it's kind of like, okay. But, uh, you know, they just, well, they, they appeared. That had to be the first part. 
Second part is, is they recognized who they were. Don't know how. And the third part was they just disappeared also. So yeah, he had a different, a similar situation. But this one here, this would have spooked me for a while. This was, this was something where you went, wow. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us, within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem. So it's night, and they're traveling back seven miles at night. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two of them then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So, why were their hearts burning? What did he say that caused that kind of reaction? I think it they, they, in their subconscious or whatever, they knew who he was the whole time. But Jesus didn't allow their mind to recall it or something like that. So that's the reason why they knew the whole time who he was, but they didn't, until he let them bring it to the forefront, they didn't realize, they couldn't, you know. They couldn't realize who he was. Imagine in, in their place, your disciple, you've got something in your head. And it's horrible things that happened over the last few days. They killed, tortured to death, the man that you've been following. Your life, as you expected it to go, is totally in shreds. And so from your perspective, this is just horrible. It's horrible this ever happened. What did he explain to them? It happened just the way it was supposed to. That would cause my heart to burn. If somebody says, you know, I looked at something, I said, this is horrible, this is awful, this never should have happened, or like that. And somebody explained to me, it happened just the way it was planned. It happened the way it was always supposed to happen. And all the scriptures that, that, that reinforce that this is the way it was supposed to happen. Yes, sir. Just a short time before that, that he thought there was going to be a physical kingdom, so much so that you know, he picked up a sword and chopped the guy's ear off, and, and that his idea of that kingdom, and then all of a sudden he denies that he ever knew Jesus three times, that, that he, now all of a sudden, his heart, how would you feel? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that was supposed to happen, happened. Even when he told Peter, he says, you're going to deny me three times for the cock crow, crows, and like that. And of course, the third time at that particular point when the cock crows, Peter recognizes it happened. It happened exactly the way he said it was going to happen. And so these two men have now just been told everything happened the way it's supposed to. And here I am, the way it was supposed to happen. My kingdom's come. So what did they do as a result of the understanding they gained? I bet it didn't take them four hours to get back there, did it? Okay, they went back, they went walking there and they were looking down and them like that and kind of listening. Boy, I, when they got this message, they turned around, their heads were up and they were running. So, why'd they tell the 11, 
It is true. Women. Yeah. The women just told you that he's alive? It's true. He is alive. Who are the eleven? Who are the eleven? Well, the disciples is, is broader, but it's it's the ones who will become the apostles. Jesus appears to the eleven. I think this is about my last section. Okay. So Mark, we're gonna get another snippet. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and for their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So after being told by the women and then the two men of saying to live in Jesus, what did the eleven think of what they'd been told? Nah, can't be. Thomas didn't believe it. No, well, Thomas didn't believe it when he wasn't there with the 11, but they've been told by the women, they've been told by Mary, they've been told by these two men who they know very well, and they're still blowing it off. So why did Jesus appear to the 11? Because he had to. 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 On the evening of that first day of the week, this is at a John, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After the, he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. What day is this? Sunday. Huh? It's a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Evening kind of could be from the Jewish calendar considered to be Monday because if it's after six, it's the next day. So, what was the state of mind for the disciples, the 11? They were overjoyed that they finally could say, Well, they were overjoyed after it came. What was their mindset before? They didn't believe it, fear, and they were afraid. They were afraid what the Jewish leadership was going to do to them, so they drew a lot. How did Jesus join them? He just appeared. How did he greet him? Shalom. Shalom. Probably shalom. Unless he did it in Aramaic, and I don't know what it is in Aramaic. But... Um, he did greet them. Peace be with you. And they needed that. These were men who were disheartened and afraid. At first, did they believe? Okay, here's a hole in my hands. There's a hole in my feet. There's a hole in my side. You know what I look like. They were harder to convince than the women and the two men. Right. So how did their mood change? Mickey already said that. They were overjoyed. They finally believed. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. This is out of Luke. He said, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened. 
thinking they had saw, seen a ghost. I would saw a ghost, seen a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? Why do your doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones. As you see, I have. So Luke goes into a little bit more explanation to say, how hard was it to convince these guys? What were they talking about? as Jesus appeared to them? Probably talking about what's going to happen to them. They were still talking about the crucifixion. They were still talking about how bad things were. Maybe, what are you going to go back and do now? You know, now it's over. And his initial reaction to just, boop, he's there. Startled and frightened. Yes. I thought I saw a ghost. The ghost of Jesus. So, why did he have to show him his hands and feet? Yeah, so he knew he was. He says, I'm not a ghost. When he had said this, he showed him his hands and feet. Is that a Luke? And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took and ate it in their presence. So, did showing him his hand and feet convince him he was corporal? Not totally. He ate something. So he ate something to show that he was indeed corporal. You want to pick up with this next week is his new message? we just had the second bell. So, he's now going to give him a new message, his first new message to his disciples. And Doug will pick that up next week. Thank you.